Hello and welcome to the Green Rush Podcast. I am so excited for you guys to join us. This is an amazing podcast where we get to highlight our mentors on the Green Rush program. It's an amazing cannabis business accelerator where you can learn how to start your own cannabis retailer, your own cannabis um, CPG company if you want to get your own product on the market and so much more. Today we have the amazing Shakir. He is the amazing executive vice president of sales at Merco Payments and we're going to be talking about payment processing, finances, and you know what that really means in the cannabis industry. It's a lot more difficult than it seems, so I know you guys want to know all the juiciness, so we're going to just jump into this. Shakir is an amazing, dope guy, so I'm so thankful that you're here today. So how are you doing today, Shakir? <laughs> I'm doing excellent. I'm super excited to be on the show with you, Antoinette. It's, uh, it's awesome. What you're doing is, is great for the community as a whole and just for anyone that wants to learn more about cannabis and cannabis business. So I think it's fantastic and I'm looking forward to our chat. Thank you so much. Yeah, the Green Rush program has grown so much within our first year. We're helping people start their own um, startups within the space, whether that's in you know clinical research, whether that's in the US or Canada. I'm so thankful that we have a global community of mentors that really want to support and foster the next generation of um, entrepreneurs. This industry can be so chaotic it's it's one of the most regulated industries it's like working in nuclear waste it's insane and it could be a little bit hard so i'm really thankful that you're here today because i know there'll be so much insight of what this you know industry really looks like so you know i know a little bit about you but tell us a little bit about yourself so the audience can know a little bit about you (laughs) sure uh it's always hard to talk about myself but uh let, let me see what i can what i can tell you so um I've been in payments for uh, a very long time. It's coming up on 15 years uh, that I've been in, involved in payment processing in some way, shape, or form. Uh, you know, initially dabbled my toes working uh, as a third-party provider for American Express and helping them sign up uh, accounts for merchants uh, that may have had Visa and MasterCard but didn't use them. After that, I moved to uh, Global Payments, which uh, is a Fortune 500 company. Uh, really big across the world in payments. And uh, that's really where I got involved uh, in the entire payments world. Um, So that was a pretty fun experience. And I was there for, oh boy, I can't even recall. I think it was at least 12 years before I I moved over to Merkel Payments. Oh, wow. So you've been in the States for a really long time. (laughs) I have. (laughs) I have. I'm, I'm aging myself here a little bit, but yes, I have. That's really impressive, you know, and that's really impressive, especially for myself, because I am so terrified of numbers. I'm scared of numbers. Every time I think of like, you know, a CPA or my like CFO, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the meeting where they tell me that I'm insane. (laughs) You know, Um, so it's really always great to have different types of um, skills and assets within this industry. It's not only, you know, people that know how to grow in this industry can have great assets within the cannabis industry. Um, they can, they, there's so many transferable skills. Uh, but tell us a little bit about Merco and what you're so, doing there and what Merco's doing in cannabis today too. Yeah, absolutely. So um, as, as you mentioned, I'm the executive vice president of sales for Merco Payments. Um, I have a peer uh, that is uh, on the U.S. side of payments. And actually, before I, I really get into uh, Merco, I just wanted to let you know that we've uh, we've launched uh, on the U.S. side. So that's pretty cool. And we're amazing. Yeah, we're open for business for CBD so far. Uh, and as regulation passes, we'll uh, we'll be doing cannabis payments as well. So 
that sort of leads me into what is Merco? What do we do? Uh, Merco is a payments provider. And unlike other payments providers that might be generalists, we're very, very focused on cannabis. Um, that is our primary niche, if you will. Mm-hmm. So right from the beginning, we've been looking at partners that uh, bring value to the space, making sure that we can work with them, making sure that they're integrated to our payment solution so that retailers that are looking for cannabis payments can come to a one-stop shop that is going to have the right technology stacks that they need integrated, uh, understands the compliance and the regulations behind all of the payments uh, that need to happen, and can be a resource just beyond, hey, here's a terminal or here's an e-commerce account. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and do your transactions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so much to it that that the cannabis industry has specifically in terms of regulations that make it so much more difficult than other payment processors to get involved, which is why we get shut down <laughs> by the majority <laughs> of the traditional ones, right? Uh, which is why I can't wait to get into it because I know that's what you guys all want to listen to. But I'm curious, like, what made you like want to leap into cannabis payments full time? Like, what was it specifically that caught your eye that you know that like, yeah, cannabis is the one I want to place my bet on? <laughs> well, uh, I mean, I've I've had a, a long relationship with cannabis, probably longer than my relationship with payments, if you will. Oh, um, <laughs> you know, first discovered it. Uh, I was been 18 or 19 years old, and uh, my girlfriend at the time and I decided that we were going to try. Um, anyway, so that was the first discovery. Um, and then getting into sort of payments and, and cannabis. Um, when I was at Global, I really focused on partner channels. So, you know, integrated partners, um, you know, bringing tech stacks into our, uh, into our program that enabled retailers to get better. And I was presented with this opportunity to talk to some people at a small company named Ample Organics at the ah. time. <laughs> So uh, I met with John, I met with a couple of other folks on his team, and they wanted to do a payments integration for the medical side, because at that time it was only uh, medical sales were legal and by e-commerce only, and they had this software and they were trying to uh, do an integration with, uh, with, with it to get payments enabled. Um, and I remember taking that to uh, various people in the organization. And, and a lot of people thought I was crazy. They're like, you realize we're a U.S. company. Cannabis is a, is a, you know, is a Schedule One drug in the U.S. Uh, are you trying to commit career suicide? So that was kind of the um, feedback that I was getting about, uh, about Ample. Needless to say, that uh, integration did proceed and uh, was quite strong in, in terms of the volume that it was bringing. Um, shortly thereafter, I met uh, the founder of, of uh, Merco Payments. We had some conversations, and then I met with Fern, who is our current CEO. Um, and you know, it was a little bit of a courtship, if you will. And I really liked what uh, they were looking at doing, which was being very, very focused in cannabis, bringing a level of regula- regulation in terms of how payments are handled, using the expertise in regulated payments from other industries such as lottery and gaming, and looking at how do we uh, provide a value solution to merchants and to consumers that will fit the mandates of what, um, what was in front of us from a legislative standpoint. So uh, I took the leap and I joined Merco in January, actually the end of January of 2018 is, is when I joined. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing to see that progress in 
so many different opportunities that Marco could can help, right? Because there's so many problems that the <laughs> that so many different problem points that many cannabis companies face, including cannabis technology companies like Ample Organics, right? Of course, um, it's not only cultivators and processors; it's it's the whole industry is having issues when it comes to banking, and you saw that as a huge opportunity, and and it still very much is. I'm so glad that Marco is now uh, making the pivot and accepting CBD brands in the U.S. Uh, I know my students are going to be so happy about that. Um, and, and yeah, you know, hopefully cannabis, as soon as we see how that legalization goes, goes on um, as, as we know it. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the ancillary businesses are as important or equally mm-hmm. important to, to the growers and the producers and, and the retailers, because without the guys that, that are selling, you know, fertilizers or, or hydroponic systems or extraction equipment, uh, they, we wouldn't get very far, right, in terms of the products and, and solutions that we could offer in the retail environments. Exactly, which gives me, which is perfect, because it brings me to my next question, which is what opportunities and careers do you see um, for people who love cannabis? Like, especially wow. when, like, <laughs> but, you know, in your niche, I know there's so many, but like in the finance space, like we don't talk about that enough, right? Especially so there's a huge stigma because it's heavily regulated in that area as well. Um, people find it as high risk, but I'm curious through your lens, like what, um, opportunities do you find are in the career aspect of finance and cannabis? Well, I think, I think there's a lot. I think, um, you know, as, as the market matures, as companies sort of get more sort of stability, if you will, within the stock market, um, as more companies decide that they want to go that route, there's going to be opportunities for analysts, right? Um, there's going to be opportunities for fund managers. There's going to be, it's, it's so, so broad. Um, you know, if you, if you look at BMO for, uh, as an example, they have a cannabis group that really thinks about how do we bank cannabis? What do we do with it? How do we manage it? And within that, then you've got treasury requirements, so on. So from the banking side alone, there's quite a lot of development. And then as you look at, you know, payment providers such as ourselves, you know, how do we provide more valuable data to, to our merchants? So there's going to be more on that side. There's sales opportunities. So um, I think it, it's, um, it's a big market. Uh, from a career standpoint, and, and there's lots of opportunities, it really comes down to making sure you've got transferable skills and you understand that as much as there's opportunities, cannabis as an industry in Canada is still very, very tight-knit. And everybody kind of knows everybody or have met somebody um, through at least one or two other people. So you've really got to be conscious of that. And you've got to not only say that you're going to do things, but actually do them because people remember in this, in this space and they remember how you treated them when they were down or how you treated them when they were up. Um, so it's, it's super important to, to maintain that level of consistency. A thousand percent. It's so well said. It is such a small space and, and it's kind of hard to penetrate as well, which is why I love the Green Rush program because we'd like to make it as accessible for you guys to understand who to know and who to support because there are so many people who do really want to support you, but um, you're reputation unfortunately it does matter a lot because naturally of how small this industry really is right now For sure. so but at the same time it's it's such a great value because it it does feel like family at sometimes and sometimes family could be questionable too right um which is so funny 
it definitely does feel like family at times that's for sure and and some of the arguments and fights can be like that as well yeah right like i've definitely learned so many lessons in this industry over the years and i'm incredibly grateful for and i love teaching these students because now they don't have to repeat them and they can just learn from my lessons um i'm curious for you like what has been your biggest learning curve working in the cannabis industry you know it's got to be the regulations um they are i mean i came from from payments so payments was really second nature to me anyway already uh, i was quite mm-hmm. uh well versed with that that wasn't where the problems came up it was really regulations you've got retail regulations and then they differ by province and then you've got the federal regulations so that has been the biggest learning curve and and continues to be an ongoing learning right you've got to stay on top of what is happening when it's happening or why it's happening because if you do not uh, you'll get left behind very quickly. Yeah, <laughs> it's true, unfortunately, but it is usually the regulations are the toughest point, pain point for a majority of people, um, which is, you know, unfortunate. But I feel that since you are in Canada with the toughest regulations and most strictest regulations, you do have an advantage of going into other countries as they legalize federally, as they bring out these, because we we're as compliant as can be. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Right. And that's one of the reasons, um, you know, as, as we talked earlier about expanding into the U.S., that gives us, a, um, in my opinion anyway, a huge advantage because we've already performed in a regulated market uh, that, as, as you mentioned, is heavily regulated as well as having compliant payments within that regulated market. So it gives us, in my opinion, a, a leg up uh, to some of our U.S., uh, counterparts that that may have experience doing payments, you know, whether it's through their third party mechanisms, but they're not necessarily tried, tested, and or scalable when um, that that federal level legalization will happen. Mm-hmm. So I... so Canada's serves as a really good test case for how to run a, a proper regulated channel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're definitely seeing if it's possible. It's it's mm-hmm. amazing how we're still thriving, still thriving as an industry. It's quite impressive because, um, yeah, it was definitely questionable <laughs> in the beginning. Uh, I'm curious, um, what should entrepreneurs like? I, I want I want you to help me explain why banking and payment processing is so important for any business to fully wrap around when it ha- when it comes to having a compliant legal cannabis business or cannabinoid business so um look for any business banking and payments are are obviously number one after you've got your store up and running right um if you can't if you can't collect money from your customers how are you paying your employees or how are you paying your suppliers how are you paying yourself so right there, it it's, uh, it's sort of drives the importance up. Um, but it's also necessary on the banking side to, if you're, if you're coming into this space, if you're a new retailer, to understand what the bank's policies are around your business type. There are a lot of banks that still will not deal with cannabis companies uh, simply because um, they may have holdings in the US, et cetera, so they're not comfortable or their compliance areas are not comfortable. Uh, with doing that. So you've got to understand who is banking um, our businesses and what you should be asking. Uh, Try and build some relationships at those branches. Um, That'll really help get you along. Make sure you have your documentation like iron tight. 
It's got to be. Make sure you've got it. Make sure it's clean. Make sure it's appropriate. Make sure it matches what the regulators have because all of these things get checked. And if you've got hiccups, that'll slow down your opening potentially, right? Uh, It would be extremely difficult to open up your store without having a compliant bank account because, again, funding, payroll, all of that stuff is going to run through there. Uh, And then without payments, again, uh, especially in this day and age where, you know, we've been going through lockdowns, et cetera, uh, store capacities reduced, people are are not as comfortable handling cash because they don't know where it's been. Uh, You really need to have the ability to take an electronic payment because if you do not, you will lose out on sales very, very quickly. So just understanding from a relationship standpoint, who your banker is, what do they do, what their stances are, uh, will they advocate for you? And then for your payment provider, same thing. Who they are, do you have a relationship with them? Do they understand your business? Can they recommend the right technology stacks for you? Um, and then, you know, do they understand the compliance? Because that is important. Uh, because if they don't understand the compliance um, or the importance of certain events within our community, such as 420, they won't understand why they need to get you your terminal before your before 420 or an extra terminal before 420, right? Because they don't see it from that perspective. If it was Christmas, they might get it, but 420, they don't necessarily get. <laughs> I love that. And you would never know unless you're really, truly in it and deeply within um, the payment processing space, right? There are tons of payment processors out there um, that advertise that they do high-risk cannabis, um, but they could be very predatory. A lot of them are even scams. So it's really important that you do the research and finding um, the right payment processors for you. What I love is that Merco Payments really goes above and beyond for cannabis businesses is because they are cannabis consumers and they're cannabis, not only consumers, but cannabis culture, right? They're right. definitely a part of our industry and they look out full, um, full, full spectrum of the industry. It's so to say, um, and which is so important and, and why they truly are one of the best payment processes there are out there. Thank you. <laughs> it's a nice compliment. I appreciate that. you guys deserve it most definitely um you did hit on it a little bit but i just wanted to ask you um like what entrepreneurs should look out for when picking a payment processor specifically so so there's a you know if we if we talk about um the nuts and bolts of it first and foremost is is the payment processor integrated to the retail software you want to use um that so that because that retail software is going to power your dispensary right? It's going to be where your bud tenders or your or, or any of your frontline staff are going to interact with your customers. So um, that integration is, is very important uh, um, because you don't want your employees double entering stuff and potentially making mistakes. Uh, uh, you know, that, that creates a lot of problems for you as a retailer down the road. So who are they integrated to? So if I'm looking at a tech stack and are they integrated to the best point of sale uh, solutions in cannabis. So first and foremost, pick a point of sale solution that is specifically for your industry. Don't pick a restaurant point of sale solution because it's cheaper because that's meant to drive restaurants. Mm-hmm. Pick something that is meant to drive your cannabis store. Second, um, take a look at your digital presence. And you know, if you're in Ontario, for, for example, you can do click and collect and delivery. Um, so make sure that that your payment provider is also integrated to 
that solution that you're going to pick because it's going to make a difference, right? You want the payments to be captured automatically. You want to be able to reconcile easily. So you've got to make sure that you check that. Um, and then the third thing that I would say is, do they understand your industry? Because if they don't understand your industry, they don't understand what you need when you need it. So what are they suggesting to you? How are they recommending new products or new solutions to you? They're probably not uh, going to do that. And then I would say the last point is transparency around price. So, you know, we, we may not be the cheapest in the market. We're definitely not the most expensive. I think what we charge is fair for the services that we provide. Um, and as a retailer, you've got to be able to balance those things properly because uh, you might get somebody that's going to give you a really, really low price, but how long do they keep that price for? Are they connected to the technologies that you want to use in your store? Um, are they going to reprice you? So those are considerations that you need to, to, to look at. I would also suggest talking to other retailers, find out what they're using, find out if they're happy, find out if there's things that, um, you know, they would warn you to look out for because that the community is strong and they will help you in that, in that sense. Um, the other thing I would say is call us, we'll help you. Even if you don't pick us to do your payments, we will still help you and, and tell you who you should talk to and why you should talk to them. Uh, because at the end of the day, more choice is better for consumers as a whole. And we, we stand by what we sell and uh, we're not afraid of competition in that fashion. Amazing. I hope you all are taking notes because that was a lot of gems. <laughs> <laughs> That was a lot of gems, a lot of things um, to consider when picking a payment processor. There's a lot to it to weigh, especially as a retailer, because those margins are so detriment to the success of your business. Exactly. Um, and I love retailers, the entrepreneurs that usually come to the Green Rush program wanting to start their own um, retail shop usually come from the legacy market. They like a lot of the time I'm not connected to retail at all. I never was. I never wanted to, to be direct with the consumer. Wasn't for me. Wasn't my type of entrepreneurship calling. But for some, it's huge. They really do want to be with the consumers every single day, talking with them, sharing their experiences, educating them, having those, creating that community that you can really have within a retail aspect. And um, it's, it's a lot of things to think about. So if you find that that's your calling, look out um, on our social media because we are putting out a how do um, get into retail in Canada event coming out shortly um, and we'll be going a lot more deeper into a lot of these aspects if that's something you're interested in please um, continue to listen and follow in um, but thanks so much again this has been such a great conversation um, but you did touch on a on a on a, on a one thing that I did want to touch on, which is like, you know, price points, sometimes price points in the Canadian industry um, are just not affordable just because of like the tax of cannabis itself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> cannabis has like a trending tax that I say in quotations because everybody just thinks that we have so much money and yes, we, it is um, a billion dollar industry, but it's slowly growing. Right. And we really have to do our due diligence because we're making a lot of mistakes where a lot of us are doing these things for the first time. So, um, you know, <laughs> that does play a whole role within it as well. So I'm curious from your aspect, like what are the biggest barriers that you see uh, for people wanting to get into cannabis today? So uh, if you're talking about retail, I think um, the biggest, the biggest barriers are going to, to be uh, the consolidation that we're starting to see. So you, you've really got to think about, you know, um, What's your approach? Do you want to be an independent? Do you want to be part of a franchise? 
uh, and really think about which of those two models works better for you. Um, you've also got to think about, you know, do you have the, the, the funding to carry on as an independent? So, you know, you've got to think about your lease. You've got to think about the size of space. You've got to think about what your store experience is going to look like. Uh, one of the things that a lot of people used to overlook but are not anymore since the pandemic is digital presence. So digital presence is massive. Um, your social media presence is massive. Right. So are, are you going to run an Instagram account? Uh, how are you going to manage if they shut it down because you're a cannabis business? Will you have a Twitter account? Who's going to monitor that? How are you going to respond to things on there? Uh, your own website, Google reviews. So you've really got to start thinking about the business as a whole um, and make sure that you pad your budget because there will be things that pop up. Right. Um, start to think about you know, what products do I want in my store? Why do I want them in my store? What price point do I want to sell them at? So, so there's a lot to think about. Um, I would say to anyone thinking about it, it's definitely a great opportunity. Take your time, do your homework, do your due diligence, and make sure that you're jumping in eyes wide open. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. There's so many different ways to think about it, but it's like, as long as you understand all of the different opportunities, you will, you can make the best choice for yourself, which is why the Green Rush program is the best. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right? Absolutely. And that's firstly what I love is that there's no right or wrong answer. And, and as an entrepreneur myself, as from entrepreneur to entrepreneur with my students, I love to share them with them that, you know, success is subjective. You know, yep. like we, we, and what I love about this industry is that you can really have it all. You can have really whatever you want. There's so much that hasn't been done yet. So don't overthink it and don't make it as stressful as it needs to be. Just get what you need because exactly. <laughs> we can do that within this space. Um, so thanks for sharing that because a lot of people think that, oh, you know, um, that they have to be this crazy franchise of um, a retailer, but no, maybe they'll just be happy just owning one of their stores, you know, and that exactly. could be well, like well off. I know some stores that are doing between 300,000 to um, like half a million in sales already. And we're only a few years in after legalization. So that's mm -hmm. so wonderful to hear. Um, so if that's of interest to you, please follow along. And with our last question, before we get into the rapid fire question, is what advice would you like to share with others wanting to enter the industry? What are your last thoughts? Um, I mean, I think you need to be passionate about the plant, right? Uh, not just from a, from a recreational standpoint, but also a medicinal standpoint. The mm -hmm. plant has lots of healing properties, um, great recreational properties as well, but you, you've got to be passionate about the plant because if you're not passionate about the plant, it's not going to come through. People are going to know, they're going to feel it, um, and it's going to turn people away. So just make sure you're passionate about the plant. Also understand that there's, there is still some stigma associated with the industry. Um, as much as we've, we've advanced in the last five years, there is still a lot of stigma, right? Um, you know, we still aren't going to cross the border and say, I'm going to MJ biz for 2021 to the customs agent because we're concerned that it's not legal there at the, at the federal level and we're going to get turned back. So you, you've got to think about that. I think that would be the only major um, item that I would, I would tell people to sort of look out for. Yeah, those are great, great, great points to, to think about. Most definitely. There is still a huge stigma. People think that, you know, Canada, everybody smokes weed here, but there's a, still a lot of issues. I got um, 
another thing in the mail recently being like all you know no no weed smoking in the condos i'm I'm a medical patient (laughs) i'll fight you on this (laughs) okay you can't tell me what to do and then the medical component of cannabis is a thousand percent is is unfortunately you know as soon as we legalize recreational use the medical market has kind of you know hasn't been really heard but there's so much opportunities in cannabis outside of just products. And that's what we love to share in the Green Rush program is that there's opportunities in cannabis as renewable energy, as renewable fibers, as, you know, there's opportunities in medical research. Um, there's so much other things then that you've seen to and but we really need those people that really want to see how cannabis can help shape the world. And I do believe it can. It can change healthcare as a whole. It can Mm -hmm. really help sustainability if we allow it to, if we, you know, look past at the stigma and that will take time, but we're willing to work at it with you all. So thank you all for watching and listening to another episode on the Green Rush podcast. This has been such a great um, podcast episode with Shakir from Merco Payments. And yes, we're going to jump into our rapid fire questions perfect so so let's do it i gotta know what's your favorite strain and why we gotta know oh i've got i've got (laughs) three favorite strains right now um the first one is uh is is uh uh, as graybeard's um afghan drifter i don't know if you've tried this strain man it is it is amazing the bag appeal is fantastic it it looks pretty (laughs) smokes well the guys at uh, at Thrive have done an amazing job with that uh, with that product. I, I'm also a fan of Winx uh, Mimosa. Um, mm. It smells great, tastes great. Uh, so a big fan of of that product as well. And I'm also finding that a lot of um, uh, Norton from GTEx products uh, labeled under Black Market, their Cherry Punch has been amazing. They're just coming out with some really really great products like. Those are my current top three, um, but that list changes because there's the stuff from Parkland Flower that I'm looking to try, there's stuff from Dunn's that I'm looking. So the list of these producers that are getting better and better and better and and products that are getting better and better. uh, So I think that that favorite list is going to rotate over time. But those are my current three favorites right now. Those are great, great picks. Definitely the mimosa is super tasty. I definitely got to try the other ones, but Thrive is amazing. Thrive comes out with dope products. Everything that they have is just phenomenal. But we got to know, how do you like to consume? What's your favorite? I'm, I'm very traditional in that session. Uh, in that section, I would say, for <laughs> me, it's flour, um, you know, rolled in a joint. Um, that's, that's my way. Um, you know, I, I, I will dabble in dabs, if you will. Um, <laughs> edibles occasionally but uh, my go-to is flour flour is king i love flour i'll never leave flour you know i had this really funny person um ask me being like oh like you're a woman like you know don't you find that women are using flour less i'm like no <laughs> i was like no what, what kind of stuff is that like <laughs> all of the women that i know all love flour and they're never gonna leave it so it's i think flour is always going to stay here doesn't matter as close to technology we get it's just king um, <laughs> what are your last tips for our listeners uh look i would say um explore there's so many avenues to explore and learn have an open mind and learn there's there's gems and wisdom everywhere um especially if you're like on twitter and following the cannabis community there's people on there that have 
tons of growing experience, tons of information around strains and, you know, usage of those strains. And, and it's just, you know, be open to learning. The, the more open you are to learn, the better, uh, the better it'll be in, in the long run. It's so true because no one's an expert in cannabis. You can know so much and there's always new things coming out. It's so fascinating. We know so much about this plant, but so little. And I think that's yeah. just the most exciting part as well. Well, thank you so much for you know being such an amazing guest. Where can our audience find you? Well, uh, by email at shakir.tayabali at marco.com. Um, I'm also on Twitter uh, at shakir underscore tayabali. Um, yeah, so you can find me there or you can uh, you can always uh, hit up the Merkel website and, and send a request through the info uh, site and it's going to get to me and uh, I can reach out and uh, connect with you. Amazing, yes. And the Green Rush program also has amazing benefits with the Merkel payments. So if you're interested, feel free to DM us as well. You guys have some juicy episodes coming up. So stay tuned for the Green Rush podcast and thank you and have a great day. Ciao. Thank you. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.